0: Them. you know children trust whoever is responsible for them to get them up in the morning to make their breakfast to walk them across the road safely and when they say it's time to cross the road they trust that it's the right time to cross the road they trust that they will appropriately for the weather which I might add for new dads sometimes there's a bit of a skill that is acquired along the way it's funny I remember when I went away for the first time after I'd had Archie and um Karis and I went away with Pastor Sally for a weekend and the only instruction that I gave to John it was a kind of Late February, early March, so it was still pretty chilly, was under no circumstances was he to dress our son in shorts. <laughs> and I had my spies, <laughs> and I think he was, he was successful in finding a pair of trousers. So, you know, children trust, don't they? They trust that the people that are responsible for them will make the right choices and will do the right thing to, to protect that child and to, to bring them up in the right way. And children also take you at, their, at your word; they trust you to be true to your word. I don't know about any other parents out there, but I don't know if you've ever made the fatal error of perhaps promising something at the beginning of the day and then not quite being able to deliver it by the end of the day. It's it's a real it's a real mistake, and I think we all only really make it once before we learn that actually that you can you can phrase things in such a way that it's not a promise. It's not a definite. It's a, we might be able to do that. Well, maybe we'll try and do that. So you don't then get to the end of the day and you've got very, very sad faces all around because you didn't deliver on what you said you were going to do. You know, childlike trust is transferred to our relationship with God. Do we trust God? Do we take him at his word? Do we expect him to do what he says that he can do and he will do. Childlike trust is something that is often quickly lost with the letdowns and disappointments of life and and relationships with other people. Every time trust is broken by someone or we suffer disappointment, our heart can become a little bit more hardened and we find it a little bit harder to trust next time round. You know, it's said about all relationships, actually, that without trust, there cannot be a relationship And the same applies with God. Trust is a fundamental foundation to our relationship with the Lord. Our ability to take him at his word and to trust that he will lead us down the right path and expect that he will do what he says requires trust. And the key to that is to have a soft, childlike heart. You know, a direct output of trust is expectation. Expectation is the outworking of trust. When we trust that something will happen, we expect to see it you know, waiting for a bus, for example, you read on the timetable that a bus is going to arrive at a certain time. And so then you stand and you look out and you listen out for that bus because you trust that what's on the timetable is true. And you expect that that is what's going to happen. But you see, without that expectation, our eyes and our ears are shut. We're not looking out for it. We're not going to see it when it actually arrives because we're not expecting to see it. The same applies with the Lord. Do we expect to see him answer our prayers? Do we expect to see him move in our lives and the lives of those around us? Do we expect to see him change our situation? Because, again, without expectation, our eyes and our ears are close to what God's doing. They're close to what God wants to do in us and through us and what he wants to do in our situations and the lives of those around us. You know, it's the case that our personal experiences of trusting others will affect our general ability to trust And, you know, some of us, we might have been significantly let down and find it really hard to trust. I don't know what your story is. But, you know, God is like no other person. He is trustworthy. You can take him at his word and wholeheartedly expect that he will do what he says he will do. God promises in his word that those who trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Isaiah 40:31 says, those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. These are promises. They're not empty promises, but we can trust and rely upon them because of the one who made them. You know, we don't trust God because of who we are and our ability to trust him. We trust God because of who he is and what he has done. You know, we've heard this morning that God sent his son Jesus to die on that cross for us. It was the biggest and deepest expression of love that anyone has ever shown and anyone ever could show. And actually, it's because of that love that he has for his children, for his people, for you and I, that we can rely on the the one who makes that promise to us, that we can trust upon him. A promise is as good as the person who makes it. That's a well-known saying. And you know, we can trust in God because he is good. We heard this morning, God is good. And so the the promises that he gives us that he gives us are good and can be trusted and relied upon. So the second quality that I'd like to look at this morning is dependency. Children are not self-sufficient. They are entirely dependent on you. I'm talking about little children here. Obviously, as children grow up, they come, become more and more independent, sometimes a little bit more so than we would like. But, you know, small children, they are, they're really dependent on the people, on their parents or carers. You know, clearly times goes by and children grow up and are taught to become more independent and self-sufficient. And whilst this is good on a practical level, i.e. using the bathroom and, you know, making a slice of toast perhaps or getting themselves up in the morning and getting themselves dressed, Actually, getting used to being independent and self-sufficient can be a bit of a hindrance to us in our grown-up life. And particularly in our relationship with God and God being able to work with us. It seems that dependency in adulthood kind of carries an association of weakness that to admit that you require input or that you require help therefore means that you are lacking or you are weak in some way. We become very... We become very good at saying, you know, I can do it on my own, or I don't need help or guidance, thank you very much. The, the first thing that sprung to mind with this example was asking for directions for anyone who's traveled, well, traveled in a car. I think, I think people are kind of split up between two types of people, people who are prepared to ask for directions and people who are not prepared to ask for directions. Can I, by way of show of hands, please can you tell me or indicate to me that you are a person who would ask for directions at the point of being lost? Okay. So I'm therefore assuming that the other half of you would not ask for directions and that you would drive around and continue to get hopelessly lost until four hours later. Amazing. Do you know what? It's all meant. I didn't want to make that generalization this morning, but you've just done it for me. Excellent. You know, I think, you know, asking for directions is just one example, but I think we would all admit that there are times in our lives and situations and circumstances where we find it's really hard to admit, actually, that we need some help, that we need some input, that we are not entirely independent and self-sufficient and able to sort everything out for ourselves. You know, being in self-sufficient and making our own way through life without the Lord. It's kind of like trying to assemble a really complicated piece of Ikea flat pack furniture without the instructions and without any tools. You've got all the components laid out before you and somehow you've got to work out the right way to arrange everything and put it all in the right place to get a solid piece of furniture that you can then use for years to come. No assembly is not impossible to do but it's actually really hard work there are many possibilities as to where the components can fit and the chances are that you will settle for a second rate compromise and with a couple of bits missing there is only one correct combination and it's like this in life you know we can set our minds to be completely independent from God but actually the only way to ensure that we assemble ourselves and our lives in the right way is to consult the person who designed them in the first place. And this is not weakness, it's smart. You know, Picture this, you get home, you've gone, you've gone to Ikea and bought your billy bookcase. Who's got a billy bookcase? I think most people have a billy bookcase. So you've gone, you've gone to Ikea, you bought your billy bookcase, you've wrestled it into the back of the car and tied the boot down because it was slightly longer than you anticipated. And then you get home, you've got all the bits laid out in the living room, you've got your toolkit to one side, and then you look, and you notice that there's actually someone standing in the corner of the room. You turn around. And this guy introduces himself as Billy. And you say, hey, Billy, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I heard that you bought one of my bookcases. So I just thought I'd come round and just, you know, watch you assemble it, see how you get on. Now tell me, what would be, so in case you don't, you're not up to speed with, you know, Ikea. So Ikea's products are all named after the people that designed them. So the Billy bookcase is called Billy because the guy who designed it is called Billy. Yes. And... So, yeah, so you're there assembling. What would be the sensible thing to do? Would the sensible thing to do be to say, all right, then, Billy, well, you just you watch me do this. I'm going to do this far better, actually, than you thought it could be done. You just watch and learn, my friend. Or would it be to say, Billy, do you know what? I, I, don't even, I don't have the instruction manual. I don't really know what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Why don't you come and help me do this? Why don't you get alongside me and help me to assemble this amazing bookcase <laughs> that you have designed that would be the smart thing to do, right? That wouldn't be admitting weakness in any way. That would be the sensible option to take. So, you know, in the same way that a child depends on their parent to help and to guide and develop them so we can look to God for these things in our lives, it might take a bit of work to change our independent nature and admit that we need some help and some input from God. But there's no heart that's too hard for God to soften. And there's never too late to become dependent on God and ask him for help. So the third quality is growth. Children grow. Who knew? <laughs> Children grow at an incredibly alarming rate. You know, I only became a mom six years ago. I mean, really, in the scheme of things, that's not much time at all. But I just look at our eldest son, Archie, every day and just think, wow, like how in six years have you gone from, you know, being this person that we used to refer to as small or bean or whatever when, you know, when you first fall pregnant and you're not quite sure what you should call them. And, and here you are like six years on, you're this strapping young man who is just, just an amazing creation, an amazing person. You know, children grow. They don't, they don't take much encouragement either. They require two things, two fundamental things. They require food and they require exercise. You know, this principle extends to knowledge and development and life skills as well. You know, they need input, but they also need the ability to practice and exercise what they've learned. The two come hand in hand. Whilst they eventually stop physically growing, upwards anyway, (laughs) the principle of input and exercise continues, and we require a balance of food and exercise to keep ourselves in good physical condition. And exactly the same principle applies spiritually. In order to grow spiritually, we require input and we require exercise. By input, I mean God's word, spending time in his presence, seeking his will for our lives and situations, listening to teaching, anything really that feeds our faith in God. And by exercise, I mean seeking the opportunity to put our faith and knowledge of God into action and applying the input that we've received to our lives. You know, one without the other doesn't result in growth. So, you know, same with children. If you give them too much input, too much food and not enough exercise, well, it's going to become quite hard for them to exercise eventually. Or equally, if you give them too much exercise without the input, it becomes unsustainable and actually to their detriment. It's the same spiritually. You know, if we input without exercise, we risk just gaining more knowledge or information about God. But also, if we exercise without input, it can become unsustainable works of our own doing because there's nothing, there's nothing to sustain us. There's no real substance to the works that we're doing because we're really lacking that, that input that we require. You know, a great example for all things in life is Jesus and his life. And in Luke, we see firsthand Jesus seeking to grow In chapter two, we read about Jesus as a young boy. He actually gets lost. His parents lose him. And it transpires that he's actually been in the temple the whole time, asking questions, finding out more about God, finding out more about the scriptures, feeding his soul. He saw the importance of feeding his soul. And then we see throughout the rest of the Gospels, the whole of the Gospels is Jesus exercising that faith. It's exercising that knowledge in the Lord that he acquired um, as a young boy you know, he saw the value of not only acquiring input and food, but actually exercising. And the end of um, chapter 252 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. He saw the importance of spiritual input and exercise and actively sought both and saw so much growth in every way. And what a great example we have to follow in our own lives. You know, with this balance of input and exercise in the same way that children grow um, as a natural consequence of those two things. So we will grow in the Lord. Growth is progressive. It never stops or stands still. And in God, there is always more. We can never, ever get to a point where we think, right, I know all about God. I've experienced everything I need to experience of the Lord. There is always more in him. So I guess the question is, do we want to grow? You know, kids have this inbuilt desire for more to climb a high tree or to ride their bike faster or with no hands. It's funny, our, our son, Archie, he seems to be the, the main, um, main inspiration for most of my stories today. But Archie just mastered riding his bike on two wheels without stabilisers. So it's, it's kind of like a, its a real process, isn't it, riding a bike? It's not like you just, you get a massive mountain bike at the age of two and a half, and you just hop on it and ride off. You know, you start off small, and it gets bigger and bigger, and then you have stabilizers. You take the stabilizers off. And so we've got to the stage now where Archie can ride on his own with two wheels without his stabilizers, but that's not enough. Oh no, that's not enough for Archie. Now he wants to learn to ride with one hand and I'm sure the time will come that he will want to ride with no hands and then maybe he'll want to learn to ride while standing on the saddle or something. You know, children are like that. Their desire is to go faster and higher or to learn the names of every dinosaur or to learn all the words of let it go from Frozen or to collect all the football stickers. You know, the list goes on and on and on. They're never satisfied with where they've got to. They always are seeking bigger and better things the point is, is that children want to grow it's what they thrive on it's what really excites them it's what they live for on a daily basis and my question is can we can we say the same about our desire to grow in the lord is that what really excites us is that what gets us up in the morning is that what we really live for on a daily basis to grow more in him, to grow more in the knowledge of him and more in, in faith and acting in faith and really putting into practice everything that we know and everything that we've learned about him. So I think really to conclude is that Jesus is inviting us, each one of us this morning, to come to him like a child, to find that inner child again, to find that inner excitement, that joy that John spoke about this morning, that comes from being a child. You know, it's not. I'm not speaking this morning about qualities that somehow we have to strive to try and obtain. But actually, they're there. They're right there. We all have these things. It might just be that with the pro, you know the process of life and the things that we go through, and um, you know potentially the situations and circumstances that we face, these things can become. Um, almost so small and so dull that it almost feels like they're not there at all. But, you know, God would say to you this morning that they're there. I put them there in you. And this morning, he really wants to dust those off and reveal them afresh to us this morning. You know, Jesus invites us to trust him, to take him at his word, not because of anything that we are or not, not because of anything that we've done, but because who he is, who God is, what God has done and how he is trustworthy and dependable. And the second thing is to depend on God and to allow Him to come alongside us. You know, not in a, not in a kind of re- regressing to a childlike state where you can't even get yourself up and get dressed in the morning. But actually, it's it's all about dependency. Is about allowing someone to come alongside you and have input into your life and to help you make right decisions and to guide you along the path of life. That is the role of a parent. And you know, and and I know that John and I as parents, when we're we're really seeking the Lord to be the best parents that we can be, and we follow the example of Father God and how he longs to draw alongside us and help us in our way through life. And so we do the same to our children so that one day they will eventually come to know God as their father as well and look to him in the way that they have looked to us. And, you know, finally to grow in him, you know, no one would take a child and stick them in a tiny box to stop them from growing. We've encouraged children to grow. It's a good thing. It's a natural thing. And it's exactly the same for us in our relationship with the Lord. You know, we don't want to stagger it in any way. We don't want to limit God and the things that he wants to do in our lives. It's good to want to grow in him. So the invitation is there for you today to cast aside inhibitions and to come to the one that we can trust and rely on. And this passage, Mark tells us at the end, he took the children in his arms, he placed his hands on them, and he blessed them. You know, when we come to Jesus like a child, we're welcomed into this place of love, tenderness, protection, and blessing. It's a safe place in Jesus' arms. And not only this, but we can access the kingdom of God and all the freedom and the life and the blessing and purpose and countless great things that comes with that. So I thought it would be really good if we responded to this this morning. You know, we've heard about the importance of not only receiving input, but actually applying it to our lives and really exercising what we've heard. And so this morning we're going to do that. We're going to exercise what we've heard this morning. So can I invite you to stand with me? first response I'd like to encourage us for those of us perhaps who are here this morning and we have not yet accepted that invitation. We've heard for a series of Sundays now that actually God wants to invite us to come to him. He wants to invite us to be in relationship with him. Helen brought a word this morning that today is your day. Not tomorrow. Not yesterday. You didn't miss it yesterday. Today is your day. Now is your moment to respond to the Lord and take up that invitation. All can come. Everyone. No one is excluded. And Jesus invites us here to come with a childlike faith. That's all it takes is a willingness to believe. So if that's you this morning, if you're here and you think, yeah, I can do that. You know, I can come like a child. I might have thousands of questions that I'd like to have answered. That's okay. All God's asking of you this morning is to come with a willingness to believe and a willingness to reach out and trust that God will meet you and he will meet you. So if that's you, I'm just going to lead us in a prayer this morning. I'm not going to ask anyone to raise your hands, but I do ask and appeal that if you are responding for the first time today, to speak to someone after the meeting. Speak to the person that brought you, or speak to the person that's next to you, or come and speak to me. Speak to somebody before you leave this morning. We'd really love to get alongside you and encourage you in the decision that you've made. So we're just going to pray, so that we bow our heads and close our eyes, just because it helps us to concentrate on God. Lord God, we thank you what we've heard this morning. We thank you that your invitation is for all. We thank you that you're not complicated, Lord, that all it takes is childlike faith for us to access you and to be restored into relationship with you. And Father, we want to say this morning, God, that we recognize that we Need you, we need to be dependent on you, Lord. We need to be able to trust you to have a relationship with you. And Father, I just want to lift up every person in this room that has not done that yet, has not made that commitment, has not recognized you um, as who you are, and, and recognized their own need in their own lives, Father. I just ask that you would help them to respond to you this morning. I'm going to pray, and it'd be really good if you could repeat this prayer after me, Lord Jesus. I recognize that I've gone my own way. I know that I need to trust in you. I know that I need to depend on you. And I know that you have good things for me because you are a good God. Please forgive me for going my own way. I come to you like a child and I trust in you give my heart to you and I give my life to you. Come alongside me and help me to live the life that you designed for me. Amen. And like I say, if you've said that for the first time this morning, please don't go without letting someone know that you've done that. You've done a great thing and God's got great things for you and we'd love to really help you in that. The second part of my response is to, for those of us that really might struggle to trust or depend on God, you know, maybe complications or life experiences have caused your heart to become really hard, but today God wants to soften your heart. All it takes is childlike willingness to change and God can do a work in our hearts and lives. And if that's you this morning, I really want to encourage you to seize the day, to seize this moment, to to recognize it in your own life and to set it in your heart to really respond to the Lord and ask him to come and do a work in your lives. So let's pray. If that's you, why don't you stretch out your arm to heaven and say, yes, God, that's me. I need a touch in my life. I need your hand on my life. Lord, we thank you that we can come to you. We thank you that we can trust you. We can rely on your word and your promises. We thank you that you designed us to be in relationship with you and you designed us with a specific purpose. Lord, today we confess that we have not completely trusted you and we've lived independently of you. Please forgive us, Lord. We ask that God, you would soften our hearts and that you would restore to us that childlike faith and trust and dependencies.
1: Lord and I will trust in you and I will trust in you God and I will trust And lean not on your own understanding Trust in the Lord with all of your heart And lean not on your own understanding trust, in you. trust in
0: you. finally the last part of that response is the call to grow God's designed us to grow growth is part and parcel of childhood and it's also part and parcel of wholeheartedly following the Lord are you growing in God do you want to grow in God do you want to want to grow in God? If any of those apply to you, then you are in the right place this morning and in the right place to respond to him. You know, maybe you're lacking in spiritual input, spiritual food or spiritual exercise. You know, maybe you really struggle to put your faith in action and really apply the word of God to your life and let it affect you. Whatever stage we're at, it's good to desire to grow more. And God can give us that desire if we want it. So if you want to grow more in God, I want to invite you to really just take a moment now and to ask God for more, for more desire for Him, for a greater hunger and a greater growth in our lives and in our faith. You know, the same way that a child wakes up with such excitement about the day. It can, it's just an ordinary day, but they're excited about how they're going to grow and how they're going to expand in their knowledge and, um, and in every way. Is that, is that the same for our faith in the Lord? Do we wake up and say, God, how are you going to grow me today? What are you going to input in me today? How can I um, apply your word to my life today to see a real difference in my life and in the lives of those around me? Is that the first thought that comes into our minds this morning? I know that it's not always mine. And so I've got my hand up this morning and saying, God, give me more of you this morning. I want more of you this morning. If that's you, Doug's just going to lead us. And a bit more singing. Just, I want to appeal to you just to cry out to God. Make this moment count. Let's all decide not to walk out of this place in the same way that we walked in. in God's got things for us this morning. He's got more for us this morning. God, we want more of you, Lord. We want more of you. If you would feel the need to move and respond, come down the front. The space here.